Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. This is our spring break week, everybody. Yay! And by spring break, I mean, it's mine and the kids from school. Um, Jason doesn't really get spring break at work. <laughs> no, and then, you know, the kids are always expecting us to do something every five minutes. Uh, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> It's it hasn't been too bad of a spring break. I'm just happy I don't have to get up at six o'clock every day, so That's true. That is nice. I've been I've been sleeping in and it's been great. It's great. Um so we managed to squeeze in some time to record this episode this week. It was a little rough. We weren't sure how we were gonna do it. Um but we're doing it for you. That's right. We care about you guys the most. So during our spring break we're going to give you an episode. Also, we just skipped an episode like two weeks ago, and I felt terrible if we did it again. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right. I've got some interesting things for news and crowdfunding, so why don't we just start there? The first game I want to talk about, I, I, I don't know how games find me on Kickstarter. Okay. Now, FanZero Mike sends me stuff. But like usual, I stray way off, go down the rabbit hole, and also pick my own stuff sometimes. So this one, I don't know. It was on my saved. I think Kickstarter adds stuff to your saved games so they think that you might like it. I don't know how that works. Yeah, they probably make suggestions, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So this was one of them, and or maybe I clicked on it at one point and forgot. Uh, but the first game I want to talk about is called Route East, and I they have s- subtitled it The Travel Adventure Game of 2022. I'm like, okay, let's not get heavy-handed here. Um, but this game is about taking a road trip, starting in Istanbul and ending in Shanghai. So everything's in a car, because you can go all the way from, well, this is really all of Asia the westernmost tip of Asia, which would be in Turkey, all the way to Shanghai, which is all the way in the east and down south. Interesting. What you're doing, you're a driver, doing this cross-country trek. There's a bunch of different routes to go. You're sort of trying to figure out what's going to be the fastest, most efficient, um, but you're going to have to manage your budget because you have to be able to pay to stay somewhere along the way. Um you're going to have to stop at borders to see if you can get, you can actually cross the border. Um, and there are cards that like help you do that. You can get pulled over by the police, like, and then you can roll to try not to pay so much, but you're going to have to pay like fines like that. Um, there are cards that maybe you have to play money, pay money to other players. You have to have fuel to get across. You might need them at the fuel at the border. You might go through countries that don't have any places to get fuel. You have to stop at ATMs if you're going to run out of money. Like it is super thematic looking from what I can tell, which I think is really cool. Um, so it looks like a simple, oh, yeah, this is a, a road trip game race across, you know, the continent. But you've got these cards that are kind of mixed things up every day at the beginning of each day, which is a new round. You get an ignition card, which says what's going to kind of happen during that day. So that kind of throw things a little bit. You can have up to three moves, but you can swap them for action cards. And those action cards are going to allow you to do things that are kind of out of the ordinary in some ways. Um, like stealing fuel tokens, those different things. But you're actually trading the movement in order to get those action cards. So I think that's like a really cool um, like mechanic there. Also, like maybe you might get stuck somewhere where you're like, I don't have any fuel tokens. I can't cross the border. So you're not wasting your turn because you're going to trade those movement turns in that you can't take for cards to hopefully get the things you need. It's cool. It looks neat. It's like this round board that you're going around. That sounds stupid, but that's what you're doing. Um, Just a fun race with these little extra kind of neat cards. And I like that it's somewhere different. And it's actually based on a true story, which I think is cool. Um, That the founders did like did a real life trip along the Silk Road. And so they went through most of the places um, that are talked about in it. And I... 
I think that's really fun. So if you like road trips or racing games or, um, you know, there's obviously definitely player interaction here. Check out Route East. Um, there's five days left on that Kickstarter when the episode drops. But the base game is 42 bucks. Sounds neat. Uh, I don't know if it'd be one I would like, but sounds cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, in some ways, it reminds me a little bit of Trekking the World, but just without, like, the... It's not a sex set collection piece, so it's like a race, but I don't know. Sounds fun to me. I know you're not going to back it, but you know, it sounds fun. The, ne- <laughs> the next project I want to talk about is actually three games in one, but you can order them separately. Um, and this is from BoardGameTables.com, which they've been putting out some really fun, like little kinds of games that are just uh, solid, like really quick, easy. Um, they don't take up much room. And the games that are in this grouping appear to be much in that vein. So the three games that they have in this set are called Habitats, Nine Lives, and Basket Boss. So Habitats, no, also, okay, I won't talk about all the, these are all have the option for upgraded components. The upgraded components are sick. I love them so much. I love them, love them so much. I, wow. If you like cool meeples and stuff, a little bit of bling goes a long way. It, I I think it's worth it, but I'll tell you the basic pledge instead. Um, the reason I mention that is in habitats, you are kind of you are building, um, I don't know, like a preserve for animals in front of you. So you're going to take a preserve tile, and there are different types of things on your preserve, um, animals and other like. I was trying to think of what else you you have on them. There's also expansions in this too. So you need to also have tourist destinations in there as well, like campgrounds, maybe like watchtowers to make sure the animals are okay. So all those different elements are on these tiles that you're then going to put into um, your own preserve. And you're dri- like to pick a tile, you drive around this cute little Jeep that belongs to your preserve. It's adorable. It's in the base. And you put it on a tile to take and put in your preserve. And so each tile has different scoring points on it based on what's next to it, um, what it likes to be by. Maybe the tile itself just has points on it. There's also, um, there's different, the game's divided into three years. And so each year there's some different goals that you're trying to meet um, based on how you're laying out your tiles, what tiles you get, what your preserve looks like, and then your scoring points for filling all those conditions and those goals. So it seems super easy, fun little puzzly thing. I love games like that. Um, if you are like, eh, I don't know about that, but you like sports, Basketball might be for you. This is the second game from BoardGameCables.com in this project. It's an auction game and you're managing a professional basketball team. So you are trying to win contracts to get players. Um, and there's different types of players because once you get the players, they will kind of age the system. So your rookies, they might start out performing really well, but they're going to fall off. Or maybe you're like, no, instead I'm going to try to find like a solid, you know, center who's just good for years, for all six years or whatever of the career they're going to have. And so you're trying to put these lineups together to get the best team to score points. There's these cool trophies that you win as you go through the rounds. Um, The component upgrades are like these metal trophies that look awesome. Um, You can, but then you're also getting like advisors to help that give you special powers so that I can help you as you're working with, um, trying to pull in new players and and keep everybody good and you're seeing how they're performing different each season which i think is really cool and you tally up all the points your season to see who wins i think that's fun i love that idea which i think is interesting i don't think there are a lot of games that have the theme of being a manager of a professional basketball team like that's just cool to me so you're fulfilling your your spots for those go ahead the basketball game is by far the most interesting one, I think, in these three. I looked it up, and it does seem cool. Just because the theme is awesome. Yeah. Like they have football games. They have baseball games. There's not a ton of basketball games, which is pretty cool. Right. I, I love the idea. Like, your team strength is number of stars on your players. And then, like, the different unique positions. Because you've got, you know, your point guard. You've got your center. You've got your – I don't know what all these mean. Point guard. I know what – I said that. 
I know what PG and C mean. I don't know what the other ones mean. SGPFSF. I don't know. I don't watch basketball. Small forward. I don't know. That's all I know. Okay. That's enough. If you actually know basketball, maybe you should check this game out. I don't like basketball, but this game looks really fun. It kind of reminds me of like if the networks met the theme of basketball, it would kind of look like this, which I think is really super cool. So if you're like, okay, I don't really care about basketball. I mean, Habitat sounds okay, but you like card games or you like cats, then Nine Lives, the third game, is maybe something you want to check out. The thing about Nine Lives is trick-taking game, cards, you are going to bet how many um, tricks you can take. The cool thing about this is to, you, to tell how many tricks you're going to take, you lay these cats out on this rug. Now, you could say, I'm going to take exactly this many tricks, or you can turn your cat sideways and say, oh, I'm going to take one of these two numbers, and that blocks other people from bidding those numbers. The other thing that's interesting about this game is the backs of the cards show what suit everyone has. So when you look around to bid, you can see what suits are in everyone's hand. You just don't know what they are number-wise. Which I think is a really interesting twist. And yet and then yet another twist. When you take a trick, you must then take one of the cards from that trick and put it in your hand, back in your hand. You can't take the card that won the trick, but you must take a card and put it back in your hand. That is really cool to me. I think that's really interesting. Because um, then like hands are cycling and you're like, oh, I want to keep a good card, but I can't keep a card that won this trick. And um, I know what people have as far as suits go, but I don't know how high their cards are, how good they are. I love fun little trick-taking games. Um, and Nine Lives looks looks like it. And the artwork is really cool in this. And the upgrades are awesome. Again, if you... Okay, I'll just say this right now. If you want the component upgrades... To buy the component upgrades in all three, it's 35 bucks. And honestly, there's like these awesome giant cat meeples. There's these metal trophies. There's like 76 unique animals for Habitat. These are pimp. So if any of those games sound interesting, you should check them out. Um, there's six days left on the project by the time this episode drops. If you just want nine lives, 19 bucks. Great. Uh, sounds cool. I love trick taking. If you want Basket Boss or Habitats, it's 39 bucks. If you want all three, 89 bucks. It's like a savings of like 8% or so. And then the upgrades are 30, what did I say? 30 for all of them? 35 for all of them? 35 for all of them. But there's also individual prices for upgrades as well. I have not been disappointed by most of the games that come out from BoardGameTables.com. There's a ton that I really love. And these are like smaller box games, but they, man, they pack some legitimate, like, fun. And they're easy to teach. People like them. They're fun to work with. Also, if you're in the USA, Contingent USA, $4 for shipping. Nice. That's cheap. Legit. For either any one game or all three games with or without upgrades. I'm going to look these up. I, li I like the board game tables games. I know. They all seem really fun. I would play all of them. Absolutely. Um, super cool. Something to check out. So that's Habitats, Nine Lives, and Basket Boss. Six days left. If you want all three, $89. And last, I saved like a bigger kind of meatier game for last. And that game is Ryozen. Now... I say this because it's, it's, it's a worker placement game. There is a rotating board. It's layered. There's these resources. It says it's in a fantasy world, but it definitely has an Asian type of fantasy theme on it. I think it's fantasy because, like, again, animals are the characters in this, anthropomorphic animals. Um, so in Ryozen, you're, like, trying to take your clan and work with these phoenix kin or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't quite understand the theme. Um, but you're trying to, to get this Phoenix blessing. And you're going to do that by placing your workers around this board. Um, I really wish I understood this game better because it looks it looks amazing. The artwork is amazing. Um, the production looks freaking fantastic. You have this awesome 3D palace that even comes in like the 
non-deluxe version, which I think is cool. It's like this cardboard palace. Um, and it's freaking huge. But you, so you're like, you can do different things around, around the board. You can explore lands and get settlements. Um, as you're kind of working around, you can add members to your clan that do different things for you. Uh, you can also like do, there's these cards that come out and kind of change up a little bit of the game. There's some consequences of what you need to do, maybe things that you should do. Um, you can go like meditate and they'll give you um, these special powers on these meditation cards. You can get influences and in, influence in the capital. And then there are also places where you can go and play resources that'll actually rotate the palace walls um and kind of change things around that's all i know about it because i didn't watch any of the videos because they don't ever tell me anything anyway yeah i i watched the video you're right what it is it's basically you're putting a little person down that has some kind of strength you can put it down face up which is a weaker strength or you can put it down face down which is a higher strength and you're kind of you're going to get activate the place that you go to, and then you're kind of fighting off a little bit of area control. So whoever has the most control there is going to get some kind of special bonus that they're trying to turn in for score a pile of points. Um, and if you activate the center of the board, you can take advantage of three different pie sections of the board. And then once you do that, you'll spin the board. So different options are available each time that the center is activated, which is pretty cool. So not like uh, you know super different game, but the spinning board is. Is a gimmick, and I like it. Yeah, and it, it looks amazing. The projection quality is sick. So if you like worker placement, um, if you like the gimmick of a spinning part of the board, check out Ryzen. There's six days left. The base pledge is 44 bucks, which it does seem to have a lot in there. Um, the components on the deluxe, though, are sweet. And that's $78 because um, the wooden... The wooden tokens and stuff for the resources, I think, are totally worth it. But y'all know I love I, I love the blingy stuff. So Ryzen, six days, but the base pledge, 44 bucks. Yeah, this is one I'm interested in. Hence, I knew a little bit about it because I watched the video. This one looks cool. Yeah, everybody knows I don't watch videos, so <laughs> I just read words. And that's all I have for news and crowdfunding this week. All right, so we're going to talk about three games that we played, and we're going to kick it old school with a few of them because one of them is from 1998, and that's like ancient in board game world. <laughs> and that's the one we're going to start with. So let's talk about it. So it this first game is an Uwe Rosenberg classic. So before he was abducted by aliens, woke up and designed Agricola, this is one of his card games. And this game is called Bargain Hunter uh, from 1998. A little trick-taking game where players are trying to collect different types of like appliances or I don't know things like hair dryers, toasters, TVs, that kind of thing. And the way you're doing that is you're going to be playing a trick-taking game. You're going to lead cards, fall suit, and all that kind of thing. And then whoever wins the trick, if they captured any of the bargain that they're looking for, so say I was looking for toasters, I would put that in my scoring pile. Everything else goes into my own personal discard pile called a junk pile. And you're going to keep going until you play through all the cards in the round. And then after that, when the round is over, you're going to sort out your junk pile. And if you have a certain number of new types of appliances based on the number of players, so in a three-player game, if you have more than three items, you can discard three and keep anything over three and add that to your bargain pile, positive points, and you get rid of some of your junk. Um, and you're going to do that, I think, in a three-player game, six through six rounds. And then in the end of the sixth round, you're going to do that um, cleaning phase twice, which is called spring cleaning. And whoever has the most points is the winner. You get one point for all the collected good bargains, and you lose a point for all your junk. Uh, so the game we played, uh, it was I had negative six or something. Brandon had negative four, and Katie was the only one with positive points, which <laughs> she won. So it is possible to probably win this game with negative points if you're not playing well. Just have the least of the <laughs> the negative points, but once we've we had to start this game over twice because we didn't I couldn't figure out the rules because they're weird. It's not a good rule book at all, and the game's kind of funky. The spring cleaning part's a little bit funky, and that's the part that I was having some trouble with. But once we figured it out and made some of our own rules, interpreting what we thought the rules meant, it was fine. It was an okay little trick taking set collection game. 
I mean, not not the greatest trick-taking or set collection game, but I enjoyed it. So what did you think about Bargain Hunter? At first, I was like, this is the dumbest piece of crap ever. Why Why did you spend any kind of money on this? And then once we found some actual workable rules that made sense, I was still like, why? Why? <laughs> no, um, it was okay. Like, it, there, it sort of made sense. Um, I don't see it being something that I want to play on a regular basis. Um, I don't think it's something I need to own even, <laughs> even though we do. I, I, I like the idea that the trick taking is the interesting part. Like someone declaring Trump at some point and you go in not knowing what it is and you can decide what kind of item you want to be the bargain you're hunting for. But you're, you're basically almost picking it blind. Like, okay, I have a lot of them in my hand. Do I think I can actually get those? Or what are people going to throw out? You know, like it's, it is a little bit tricky that way. Um, it was all right. It was okay. The artwork is awful. I like it. I like the terrible Uwe Rosenberg card That's game art. Gross. That's gross. Um, I, I like it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fine. The The trick taking is the best part. And I think it, it, it seems like you want to only collect things that you're after, but you were going the opposite route where you were just like getting as many tricks as possible. And then when it comes to spring cleaning, you were just dumping a bunch of those cards and scoring a bunch of points. So I ended with not that many negative because I wasn't taking a ton of tricks, but because I wasn't taking a ton of tricks, I wasn't getting a lot of matches to be able to clean out and make new bargains. So there is some gamesmanship in that a little bit, but outside of that, it's a regular trick taking game. Right. I honestly wasn't trying to. I was like, man, I've got, I keep getting a lot of like high scoring cards in my hand. I'm like, well, okay, if I can try and like get a lot of the lower scoring cards to be pulled out and start matching them up, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, sometimes it doesn't work out like that. Uh, so I think it was probably beginner select, but hey, I won. That made me feel good. Yeah. All right. So moving on to another old game, not as old as this as Bargain Hunter, but this one's, it's 12 years old and this game is called My Star. Yay. And this, this is designed by Seiji Kanai, which did Love Letter. Mm-hmm. Um, Lost Legacy, a bunch of small card games that I'm, I can't think all of them right now, but those two other ones for sure. And this is effectively, it's a little card game. All it is is cards. And what the cards are going to be used in one of two ways. You can use them to put out as advertisement to make your Geisha stats better. You have three stats. There's a, a red stat, which is like entertainment, a blue stat, which is service, and a green stat, which is like intelligence or something like that. Mm-hmm. Some form of those three words. And if you put it next to the the geisha, it's going to increase their stats. So if I put down an advertiser that adds an extra plus one green, I would now have my geisha value plus one green to make it easier to put a card down as a guest. Or, and then I have to draw another card. Or I can then play a card from my hand as a guest as long as it my geisha plus any advertisers meets that threshold. I get points for the card and it's going to have some kind of special ability that I can do. There's a couple other actions you can do, but they're all like drawing cards and swapping stuff out. The goal of the the round is you want to be the player to play all of your cards to score the most points because cards left in your hand are negative, and that's not good. Uh, there's a little bit of take that, like you're going to make people draw some cards, get rid of advertisers and guests, but really you're going to play a card and probably draw a card until someone runs out of cards. So that is my star. I enjoy this. The more, the more we play it, the more I think I like it. <laughs> I, I I was looking back at my rating and it was I had it down at like a six, but I think I bumped it up to like a seven and a half now because I do really like it. Um, again, I would probably like it a little more if it was maybe a little deeper, but it is a fun little card game. So I'll let you talk about this one a lot because you like it more than me. I love my star. Um, I love little card games that pack a lot of meaningful decisions, and I feel like Seiji Kanai is so good at that. I feel like actually a lot of Japanese designers are really good at that. To be frank, but. That's my own, maybe, leaning, showing through. Um, I love that on my star, you're like, okay, I want to play this card. How do I want to play it? I want to get this stuff out of my hand. If you advertise with the cards in your hand, you have to draw a new one to replace it. So you're not getting rid of the cards in your hand. So that's bad. If you're playing it then as a guest, you're like, okay, I've got to be able to meet that criteria. And then the powers that the guests have, like how do I use that most effectively um, and there are some really powerful guests out there. Like, how do I get rid of the ones that are in other people's hand? Like, how do I cycle through things? Uh, there's asymmetric player powers, the different geishas. Like, how do I make the most of the power that I have? 
Um, The artwork is pretty. I just, I love the theme. I just think this game is super fun. Um, Each card is that you play is a really tough choice. And that's really, it's that simple. I play a card as an advertisement and I draw a card. Or I play a card as a guest and I take the card's action. Like, that's it. But to decide which one to play, that's that's the really hard part. And that's why I really love this game. Yeah, and I think it's a really quick game, too, because you only mm-hmm. play over three rounds. And it gives you enough decisions and stuff to do each turn that it feels like you're playing a bigger game in a deck of cards, which is pretty interesting. So... Yeah, I, for a small box game, it does pack a lot of game in there, and I, I appreciate that. Yep. All right, and then the last game we're going to talk about is not an old game. This one's, I'm pretty sure it's no more than two years old, and it's called Pebble Rock Delivery Service from Druid City Games, I believe, or Skybound, one of the two. They merged for a while and did some weird things. And this is effectively a family weight pickup and deliver game where you're taking on the role of the, this different boat captain. You're moving around... Um, the island, I think is Pebble Rock. I don't know. And you're trying to maybe pick up a passenger, deliver them to the appropriate island, deliver some cargo to some islands that need it to score a bunch of points. But along the way, you may encounter a pirate who's trying to steal your cargo. You may encounter a shark who's going to eat some of your fish, which are worth points and going to help you move. Or you may come across a friendly whale who will give you cargo because she's nice. Um, and that's effectively it. You get 10 rounds, which means you take 10 turns because on your turn, you're going to roll some dice, do some movement, do as much delivering and all that kind as you can, and then you'll be done. So everybody's getting 10 turns. The game is pretty quick. It looks amazing. It has great art. My only issue is the board is ginormous and it really makes it hard to sit around it at the table. But outside of that, I like everything else about the game. It's fun. It's quick. Our daughter's is pretty good at playing it. She won, which makes you feel good. Three adults (laughs) getting beat by a... (laughs) Eight-year-old. An eight-year-old, but that's fun. Um, but yeah, um, I played this before with our youngest. Katie never played it, so we busted it out. And she played it. And now, Katie, what do you think about this one? Okay, not to sound like Giada on Tournament of Champions, but it's so pretty. <laughs> that's the first thing that really draws you in about this game is it's so unbelievably cute. It's almost as cute as Detective Charlie, but not. But it's super cute. Um, this is also one of those games that... Uh, A lot of games that we play, we're like, oh, I wish I could do more or I wish there was like, you know, one other thing like that you had more options. Essentially, in this game, you can pretty much always do what you want. Like pretty much always. So it's just like finding the best way to chain everything to make sure you've got cargo to deliver at all the places that you can. Um, Getting fish to help you go those extra, you know couple of steps that you need like honestly it, it you can do everything it's so adorable cute but it was still really fun like i had a good time i loved looking at it the, the little cards that you can get like little items to help you those are fun like i had a jam sandwich that allowed me to when you you can eat it which means you discard the card and you move like three extra spaces because you have energy because you eat jam a jam sandwich like that's just it's so stinky cute um, the components are great. The production's awesome. It, it really is a fun little pick up and deliver game for sure. Yeah. So if you're looking for a game for kids, that's actually a good game. I would recommend this one. It It's basically a real game, but it's simple enough that small ish kids can play it and you're going to have fun as well. So I would recommend this one if you're looking for a game for your family, for sure. It's, it's good and it's gorgeous. Yeah. I feel like we have tried to work hard to get kids games that don't make us want to like poke our eyes out because they're sorry or monopoly or whatever that has already been played. Like we try to get our daughters games that are fun that we will also not absolutely hate playing with them. And this one's definitely one of those. Yep. And that is all the games we played. Let's move on. For our feature today, we're continuing on with our publisher series, I guess you could say. Um, And I feel like we kind of hinted at what we're going to talk about this week because last week we said, oh, yeah, that game is made by this other company. And so we can't talk about it this week, but we can talk about it now. To be fair, we didn't say that. I said that. I blew it. Okay. I I didn't want to call you out specifically, but everybody knew. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to to clarify. (laughs) If you want to be transparent, sure. Um, but this week we're going to talk about TMG or Tasty Minstrel Games. I think that their logo is adorable. It's got that little like green dragon in it. Yeah. 
Yep. A little green dragon. It's, it's a happy dragon. It is. It's cute and happy. And so I like it. Um, this week, I told Jason that the whole time I kept thinking, why isn't he doing this where on every other podcast um video series, etc. When people are like, oh, we want to talk about our favorite games of a publisher. Each person picks like their top five favorite games and they compare the lists. Apparently, Jason did not get that memo. So we've been doing all kinds of things the past couple weeks. But this week, we switched our pitch up. We're going to each have, we each have our own five top five games from TMG. Um, even though I think we owned... How many did we have to rank? 13 or something? Uh, yeah, we don't own, own all of those. I think we own like nine. But I'd played a, most, almost all of them, which is a shocker. Yeah. And again, it's hard because some of the versions we have, we other people publish. It, it gets kind of gray, so we only went with the ones that have TMG on the box. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're very diligent in our research <sighs> and in our qualifications. So, Jace, why don't you start us off with your number five? All right, so my number five is a game that TMG published in America, but it's published by someone else in Japan. It's a little box Japanese game, and it's called Ars Alchemia. And this is effectively a worker placement game where you're trying to go around and collect different types of elements or resources or goods. There's like four different colors of these these cubes that you're moving around that represent elements or ingredients or something. And then you're trying to use those ingredients to fulfill potions i believe is that right potions yeah i think that's right two score points um there's some other spaces where you can go to get extra workers um to get more cards to try to fulfill to get um assistance employees Mm -hmm. yeah assistants that are going to come help you do some things but the interesting thing about this one is when you go to a place say i go to a place with one worker you start you have a bunch of workers and as the game goes on you're going to get even more if I go to a place with one worker, if Katie wanted to go there, she has to go there with the number I picked. I played plus one. So the place is never blocked. They could just get expensive. So if I really wanted to block somebody out or make it expensive for them, I could go someplace with four. And then if they really wanted to go there, they got to spend five. So there's a little bit of gamesmanship around the how many meeples you're going to place down. But really, it's, you know, you want to go to the places you want to go early because it's cheaper, that kind of thing. It's a real small board. The cards are tiny. Everything's in Japanese and English, which is pretty cool. I think it looks cool. I like the art. It's anime-style art. And it's a really good worker placement game. Uh, not, I mean, not like my favorite worker placement game, but as far as not taking up a ton of table space and just having a lot of fun, I like it. So my number five, Ars Alchemia. Yeah. I didn't realize this was TMG for a long time. <laughs> Not surprising. Uh, my number five is a game that we don't own, but we played. Our friend Chris, who buys all the new hotness games, because I don't know, he just likes to do so, and we are happy to help him play them, is a game that I was surprised that I actually liked. And that game is called Crusaders. Thy will be done. Um, in this game, you're kind of, you're moving across this map. You're using a rondelle to take several different types of actions, which we'll talk about a little bit. And you're kind of converting the locals, you're building churches and banks, and you're really kind of spreading your influence. I believe there is a, um, I, I don't know, I guess it's not a area control necessarily. Uh, yeah, when you take over an area, you can build like a building or something, so it becomes yours. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't like area control. And so I thought that, that that's what this game would be, but it's really not. You're no, just not really. putting things out there. Um, there's like this grid movement. There's The other cool thing is there's variable player powers. So you have this rondelle. Each person has their own personal rondelle. And inside the rondelle, you've got these like move player like action markers um and each slice of the rondelle has a particular type of action well your different factions give you kind of special power over your rondelle which i think is really cool so you may start out with um some extra workers or you may start out with an upgraded slice of your rondelle which is another cool thing that you can upgrade these different slices so you can maybe do more than one or more than one type of action um, per turn when you're dropping these um, these markers. You're well, you're picking up the last markers and you're doing those actions. Um, also, like building the different buildings, kind of adjust you know where you're going with your strategy. I think that's really cool. Like 
you you just take all the markers from the wedge you're going to use um, when you take the action, or then you can also like upgrade the wedge and then distribute the tokens um, from any one wedge so that that kind of changes your future turns. So there's some really cool planning stuff going on. Um, there's trying to like leverage your player power with what you're going to do. Uh, there's just a lot of like really kind of cool things going on in, in a, a fairly straightforward kind of like placing stuff on a map kind of game. So that's why Crusaders is my number five. Yeah, this is a good one. I like it. Um, I'm probably not going to talk about it, but it, it did make my top 10, but it did not make my top five. Hmm. So my number four, the reason it didn't make my top five is because I like this game. And my number four is a game about making chili at the Great Chili Cook-Off. And it's called Scoville. And I don't know, as, as far as themes go, of all the games that I'm talking about, this is the best theme in my opinion, because I love chili, I love peppers, and who doesn't want to eat super spicy chili? I mean, I do, that's for sure. So effectively what you're doing in this game is you are planting peppers. And the interesting thing here is the color of pepper that you plant will pollinate with the peppers next to it when you go, like you're going to move your little farm around. If you go between like a blue and a yellow pepper, you're going to get a green pepper. And you're trying to plant these peppers down in this grid so you can get certain color peppers that you need to fulfill the recipe for one of these chilies that are out um, to score points because that's where a lot of the points come from. There's also some bidding at the beginning of each round where you're going to be bidding for like basically turn order and different kinds of peppers that you're going to get. Um, and then you're going to get to move your farmer around, collect some peppers, and then fulfill some chili recipes. You're going to do that over a certain number of rounds. I don't remember. I haven't played it for a minute, but... And then once the game is over, you're going to count up all your points. Whoever has the most points is the winner. Um, it It's great. It's not super difficult to play. I And I love the peppers. They're all different colors, different sizes based on how powerful they are. Yeah, I, I love it. So my number four, Scoville. Yeah, this game's okay. Like, I never want to play it. And then you make me play it. I'm like, oh, it's all right. But it, it would not be my choice. However, my number four choice it's also something that you would choose to play. And that is Ars Alchemia. Um, like J Jason mentioned, the worker placement thing is interesting. I really love um, the idea of you're going to these places to try to collect these different potion ingredients. And you might get what you need there and you might not. Uh, there's some randomization in that. So you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I make the best of what I have? Another neat thing about this is when you're going to make the potions at the academy where you're doing this potion making, um, you can get different cauldrons that will really like improve or make it harder for you to have successful potions. So I, there's some interesting features there. Getting uh, assistance is really helpful, but um, you have to be able to pay them. And sometimes you're like, I really don't want to. <laughs> Because I want to use my stuff for something else. So, like, it's a balance of how to use all these workers that you have. The board is so teeny tiny, though. That's another thing. I actually thought this was a Japanime game, but it's definitely not. It, look, it looks like it. It looks like a Japanime game, but it's definitely not. Yeah, it's TMG. Um, but it is, it, it's got cute kind of anime-looking artwork. Not like, not like Slutty Maid's anime artwork, but like... Um, like regular anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How, I, I can't think of a good example of like, top of my like head. Like cute little fruits basket anime. There you go. Uh, sort of. I don't know. If it's not like Death Note or Fruits Baskets or something like that, or Studio Ghibli, I don't know anything about anime. Yeah, but it's definitely like sweet little artwork um, and, and not a common game at all. But it's it's just good quality worker placement, like easy, simple worker placement. Um, but definitely worth having. So yeah, my number four is Ars Alchemia. All right, so my number three is a Stefan Feld game. And there are two that are from TMG, and only one made my top five because I don't like the other one. And this one is Aquasphere. So Aquasphere is a game about programming robots moving around this Aquasphere to different sections to try to fight off octopods, collect crystals, bring down new submarines, um... Upgrade your laboratory so you can store more things. It's a typical failed. You need to do a whole bunch of stuff and you don't have a lot of time to do it. Uh, but this one has some colors. It's It's got bright colors. It has cute little robot meeples. And I enjoy it. It's probably not failed's best game. I'll, I will say that. But as far as a failed, as, as far as failed goes, this is one that I enjoy. And as far as TMG games go, it's up there for me. So my number three, Aquasphere. 
I was not impressed by this, our first play, but I'm not sure that I super dislike it. I don't know. I think I need to give it another go. I'm reserving judgment. Uh, my number three game is um, if like Tiny Epic made... Um, Black Fleet? Nope. No, it's the big ugly one that's by a famous <laughs> designer. Oh my gosh. And it has oh, Lahav. Tiny Epic Lahav. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. This game is Tiny Epic Lahav. Oh my gosh. I'm so terrible. Why do they even let me talk on a podcast? Tiny Epic Lahav or Harbor. I think this may have been one of the first TMG games we ever played. Um, I love the artwork on this. In this game, you are. Um, doing worker placement. So you're trying to collect different resources and then you're going to sell them when the market's prime. Um, you can play on your own buildings. You can play in other people, people's buildings. And there's also like open market buildings and you can choose to buy those as well. So there's um, determining how you're going to spend your money, but you want to make the most money um, selling your different goods when the market is high. So you make the most um, and there's not a ton of turns, so you're trying to do the best you can in a short time. Also, there's like this one generic guy, like all the artwork is funny, but there's this one that looks like if Hank Hill were like a green alien, it would look like this guy. Like he looks just like Hank Hill, and I just love that character so much. I always want to play him. Um, but it, it's got the fun kind of market part of Lahav, but in a much more manageable, like easy to teach, easy to play, easier to set up, small box game. And again, I've mentioned before now that I love small box games and Harbor is no exception. So my number three TMG game is Harbor. Yeah, I do like this one. It was in my top 10 for sure, but I don't know. I just like some of these other ones better. You're wrong. I, that's fine. I'll, I'll be wrong. Um, my, my number two, though, I think is a pretty good game. And my number two is actually the one that I said last week that used to be a Days of Wonder game, but the version we have is Tasty Minstrel because they reprinted it because the Days of Wonder was out of print. And the game is called Coliseum. And this game, all this game really is, is an auction set collection game. That's it. That's all it really is at its heart. But the way that this does it is really cool. You're also, you're, you're moving you're these little pawns around this board and you're trying to get inside of your Coliseum to put on the best shows. And you also want to have the senator or the governor, I don't know, some special character in your Coliseum as well because you'll score extra points when you put on a play. So at the beginning of the round, you're going to do some auctioning for a group of these tiles that you need to put on your play. It could be a set piece, could be like military, could be a ship, that kind of thing. And then after everybody's done that, then we're going to trade with each other, try to get even better stuff that we need and hopefully help not help somebody out greatly, but you got to do some trading. And then after that, you're going to try to put on a play. The easier plays are take less stuff, but they're going to score you less points. The bigger plays take more things, but they're going to score more points, that kind of thing. And you're going to do that over, I think, like four or five rounds. I don't remember. We've only played this one time, but it's it's very good. It's um, It has some weird art in the TMG version. Like Some of the meeples are silly looking, but outside of that, fantastic game. So I, I want to play it more. It needs to have three to make it go. There's no two-player variant, so that hinders it a little bit, but I like it. So number two, Coliseum. I thought we played this more than once. Maybe we did. Maybe we played it twice. That, that could be right. I seem to remember it, which is something I hardly ever do. And the fact that I remember it so well is why my number two is also Coliseum. Um, I love the player interaction with that trading um, because you're like, yes, I'm trying to get what I need at an auction, but it's impossible to get everything you need generally. So, and then what you need one round, you might not need another round. And you're trying to do the best at not only like staging these plays, but how do I get these people that are roaming around um, <laughs> the setting here to be in the spots I need them to be so I can maximize my points. I, I think there's a lot of really cool things going on in this game. And I, I, I like the theme. It's super nerdy and like way up my alley. <laughs> I don't know. Staging um, Roman Coliseum like production sounds awesome to me. Um, There's like a whole Percy Jackson book about it that just made me think of it. And it, it's it's really fun. Yeah, the artwork is absolutely hokey. Um, 
but the gameplay is is really good. So yeah, Coliseum, my number two also. Yeah, and one cool thing is in order to put on the big plays, you have to expand your Coliseum. So when you're doing the auctioning part, you can decide to bow out or, and upgrade your Coliseum as opposed to do something else. So your Coliseum starts at two, so you can do little crappy plays, but as it gets bigger, you can hold more people and get a crowd watching and you can get a big four size Coliseum and put on the good stuff, which is pretty neat. Yeah. All right. So my number one, this should be no surprise. This game is fantastic. Um, our version is TMG. It's not always the case, but that's what ours is. So that's why it's on the list. So my number one, Orleans. We've talked about this so many times. It was on both of our top 100s. Um, and this is a game about pulling chits out of a bag. The kind of chit you pull out that each chit's going to let you do certain types of things on your board. Um, certain combinations of chits will activate certain areas. You're trying to move around this map to collect different resources. If you're using the expansion, you want to take some resources to certain places and deliver them to score some points. You're trying to move up on tracks to score points. We love tracks. You're trying to upgrade your bag to get some better stuff in there so you have better probability of pulling good stuff out. And at the end of every round, something's going to slap you around, which is pretty cool. So... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to belabor the point because you've heard us talk about this game so much. My number one, Orleans. And just in case you haven't heard us talk about this game that much, <laughs> Orleans, is, Orleans is also my number one game. Um, yes, it's on my top 100. Um, there are a few other games that are like it, but I don't think that they do it as well. Um, I like the expansion that we have. Uh, I... I like that kind of balance of how do I try and build these workers that I need, but who knows if they're going to come out of the bag. Um, who am I going to send away to the plaza to kind of score me points, but then they're, they no longer are available in my worker pool. Uh, just a lot of really good decisions in this game. A lot of terrible artwork, which is why I didn't know this was TMG for a long time. It, hey, it's Clemens Franz. Don't talk bad about our sponsor. Oh, Clemens Franz. It's obvious, like Clemens, <laughs> like this is, when I think of Clemens Franz artwork, this, this game box absolutely <laughs> comes to mind. It is so hideous. I almost have to look away. Um, it's so bad. But that's, I think that that's maybe why this game is maybe a little bit underrated for some people, because it is absolutely hideous. But the gameplay, super good, well worth it, um, it's it's a, the, uh, the whole idea, concept of bag building, I think, is awesome. And this, this game is just, it's just good. It's just good. So, yeah, my number one TMG, also Orleans. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on your number one. It's a great <laughs> number one. So those are our favorite TMG games. Now, we have many others, and we also we like them. Um, but I'm sure there are some that I don't even know about. Obviously. So tell us about your favorite TMG game, Tasty Minstrel game, or if you've never played one of these and you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to give it a go. Tell us about it. Um, we've even got this fancy, you know, Discord channel chat thing. I don't know. I'm not hip with the lingity, but you can talk to us in real time and we will respond because we have no lives, pretty much. Hey, I have a great life of doing nothing and having no life. I love it. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, we love to talk with you guys. We love to talk about games. Um, see what you're getting into, what you found. If you scored some good deals, that's always our favorite. Um, if you, if you're looking for a recommendation or strategy, some pro strat tips, <laughs> This you don't want those from me. You want those from Katie. Don't ask me those. Uh, yeah, but we we love to hear from you guys. We love to talk about games and and talk to people who like games as well because you know we we're just here to be a part of the hobby. Um, so if you don't have um, Discord, it's fairly easy to just set up. I don't know how to use it any other for anything else other than. The board game mechanics chat. Um, but if that's not your bag, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course the YouTubes, always putting out um, videos and stuff. Also, if you want to see some ranty posts from Jason, check out our website, bgmechanics.com. I was supposed to finish 
a second blog post this week um, during spring break, and I have not yet. Because uh, our kids are super needy. That's why. Right. Uh, so I I may get on that. I'm not going to make promises because you all know I, I'm unreliable <laughs> at best. I'm just here for entertainment value. Uh, so check that out as well. And everything kind of redirects um, through there. So you can kind of find all of our different media things on our website. Did I do okay? Yeah, you did a great job. Thanks, babe. I'm trying to make sure that there's a steady flow of videos coming out because... I don't know. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel accomplished to put some videos out that eight people watch. I like that. I like it. I don't need but, that kind of validation in my life, so I don't do it. <laughs> it also helps like people find the channel because the more videos get liked and you know thumbs up and all that, it helps more people find the channel. So that's kind of why I keep videos coming out so more people will like, more people can find the channel and hopefully find cool games that they can play. That That's the goal. Yeah, so if you like our videos, if they've been helpful to you, um, recommend them to your friends, comment on them, give us a thumbs up. Uh, you can rate the podcast on, on iTunes and maybe some other places. I don't know. Again, I, why? I'm too old. I'm too old to talk about the technology. The podcast is available like everywhere. Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, iTunes, anywhere that hosts a podcast that our podcast hosting site knows of, <laughs> I have it set up to go there. So there's like 13 different sites that you can go find our website if you want, or our, our podcast if you want to listen to it. Yeah, but I don't know if you can like review on them all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, that's true. I know you can review for sure on iTunes and I think maybe Spotify. Yeah, so if you know someone who's looking for a podcast or like me who started to have scary dreams and had to back off the uh, true crime podcast, uh <laughs> recommend us if they just like to feel like they're hanging out with some friends talking about board games because we're we're not sophisticated we're not um into the new hotness we just like to talk about games speak for yourself you just professed your love for clemens franz i don't think anyone thinks that you're a big hotness miniatures <laughs> game kind of lover okay that's true the uglier and the cheaper the better for me i i, I do love those yeah, so just settle down there, okay? <sighs> you give it a minute, she takes a mile. All right, I think we've had enough Enough of the banter. <laughs> enough of the banter today. Yeah, I would agree. Especially since you said I was being sassy last time, when I was just being myself. I, I mean, it's kind of always sassy, yes. <laughs> I just don't normally put that in the subtitle. Everyone should expect it by now. <laughs> All right, well, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming.